You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories classic episode. All right, everybody, and welcome to episode 24, 23? I think four. I don't I think know. it's 24. Episode 24 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. Uh, kind of excited about this one tonight because we, we've been having a lot of people ask about doing this, and we actually started to do it at one point in time, and we turned it into just an Exorcist episode instead. Yeah, and so. that music, that entry music there kind of is, ugh. Just so you guys, me out. Just so you guys know, just because we say we're going to do something, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to do it. Because my mind changes like the wind. It sure does. And I don't know how wind changes. I don't know how, how the hell that saying comes. Is that even a saying? Well, I mean, somebody blew the wind and it decided to go another way, so. Okay, I don't know if that's fact or not. <laughs> you know, right around the beginning of the year, everybody makes changes and for the good and for the bad. And, and they'll make resolutions and what have you. We did something kind of cool. We did the hall pass thing. Have you guys heard of that? It's where you, you each pick three people that if you get a chance to... uh We'll say sleep with or get with or whatever the young kids are saying these days that you get a hall pass. You know, if you get a chance to sleep with those three people, go ahead. You got the blessing of the other person. Hey. And Tracy, who was it you put on your list? Uh, Bradley Cooper would be all right with me. I could get down with that. Matthew McConaughey and then, then George Clooney. He's pretty nice looking, you know, a little older than me, but yeah, I could go for that. And you would let me? Yeah. Oh, my God. But the thing of it is, she got pissed off because my list had the two next-door neighbors and the babysitter. Oh, I mean, no. I mean, it's not my fault that my goals are a lot more obtainable than hers. <laughs> well, we, we could talk about that later, I guess. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with the occult, and, and uh, some nights it will, some nights it won't. But I thought it would be kind of cool to do some music did-you-knows. I'm a music freak. and uh, He's uh, just a freak. In general. So I thought I would just throw some stuff at you. So this was kind of cool, and Tracy doesn't know the answers to this, so I'll ask her. Oh, Lord. I'm about to flunk a test. <laughs> Probably. John Lennon listed his 18 songs of the Beatles that he absolutely hated. What do you think was number one on that list? Um, Shake it up, baby, now. Shake it up, baby. No. Twist. Shout. That would be wrong. Oh, sorry. Dang it. Believe it or not, let it be. No, why? He said let it be had nothing to do with the Beatles. He don't know what Paul was thinking when he wrote it. That's more like a wing song, but it had nothing to do with the Beatles. Oh, well, so? Yeah, I, mean, I thought that was kind of I mean, surprising. can they change it up a little bit? You know what the number two song was on that list? No. Dig a Pony. Dig a Pony. Which is actually one of my most favorite songs from the Let It Be album. He said it was just garbage. Oh. He said it was a nonsense song that was just garbage. It wouldn't make make any sense. It was just a bunch of words thrown together, and it was garbage. Oh, see, like, the only pony song I like is that one. Salt and Pepper, I think, does. Ride it, that pony. I don't think we need that. No. No. I remember I used to tell girls that I was hung like a horse, and then they were surprised when they found out it was My Little Pony. (laughs) Oh, you poor thing. Now, I'll throw this in there. What do you think were some of his favorites? He didn't actually have a favorite song, but he had five that he listed that was his favorites. I would say, oh, what's the name of that song? Uh, There's No Heaven. No, that wasn't on there. Oh. I think he was talking about just strictly Beatles songs at this point. Well, that was not. That was a solo song. Oh. That was Imagine. How about The Yellow Submarine? Absolutely not. That's one of the worst songs I ever did, and he would never pick that as one of his oh, favorites. Oh, his favorites. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Yeah, now my we're bad. on favorites. I would say uh, something about the 
Okay, how about I just read you the answers? Right, I guess I don't know. How about we do that? That <laughs> <laughs> failed the test. I told you I was going to. I, I am the walrus. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stra- I know that Strawberry song. Fields. Yeah. In my life, across the universe. Oh yeah. And help. Oh yeah. Were the five songs that he said was his favorite because he said they were all real. And I love every one of those songs, but you put me on the spot. I know, and, and I'm sure make. it was very painful for the listeners. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> With that being said, let's jump right into the topic. We're talking about Ouija boards. And like I said, we were going to do this before, and we got off subject and did a whole show on The Exorcist, and now it's taken us several weeks, because I think it's been about 10 weeks now, because that was episode 13. Yeah. And now we're going to jump into this. Now, everybody knows what a Ouija board is. We've all seen them. But we thought we would talk a little bit about the origin. Where did it come from? Why was it created? And just some other stuff that you may not have ever heard about a Ouija board. So, here we go. It was actually created in 1894. And do you know what that little thing you put your hand on that looks like a heart? You know what that's called? No. It's called a planchette. A planchette. Planchette. A planchette. Yeah. And the first the first actual talk of spirit boards, we're going to say, uh, was in China, 1100 AD. They would do the uh, automatic writing. And uh, remember we talked before in the music one about automatic writing is basically somebody just giving you the message and yeah. you just, you know, you didn't really use your own thought. You were just like... Uh, I guess you could say the uh, article being used yeah, to write down the a thought or what have used, you. Yeah. So spirit boards became really popular back during the spiritualist movement, which is in the late 1800s. I mean, it was something that was really accepted all around. Um, a lot of mediums and stuff would uh, try to uh, contact others, but they didn't have spirit boards at the time. What they had was basically, you know, they would count out letters A, B, C, and then if something... Um, happened in the room they would think okay that's the letter they need and that's how they had to do it oh uh, but they didn't realize the the deepness of what would happen if that really no i don't guess i guess they, back in that day no and then and then or the other thing they would do is they'd, they'd write down a question on a piece of paper and just wait and then hope something came through and then they would just write down the answer oh and you know right around the civil war time there was a lot of death and and families were really wanting to try to contact people and the Canard Novelty Company thought they could see a way where they could make some money. So they came up with the spirit board. And it had the letters on it and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. they thought this is something the mediums could use. Right. And, and be a whole lot, simplify the whole process. So that's how it came to be. Uh, what they did was they had come up with a name with it. The story goes that they asked the board. They sat down and actually played with the board and asked what its name was. And it spelled out O-U-I-J-A. Okay. That's and yeah, so awesome. that's what it's supposed to be. So they took this to the patent office. And when they took it to the patent office to get a patent, you got to prove something works. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to prove that it works? The guy that was giving the patents out, he said, well, have it spell out my name. Because they didn't know what his name was. And the board did. Oh, my god! And that's how they got the patent. Ooh. Um, Elijah Bond, not James Bond, but Elijah Bond. Mm-hmm. He had the patent, William Fuld, F-U-L-D. He took over the patent in 1901. So about 10 years is, is when Elijah Bond had it. And then Fuld had it until 1927 when he died. His family kept it and eventually sold it to Parker Brothers in 66. But why did sold Elijah it to... get it? Why did he get rid of it? I don't know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So how about that? Okay. Good enough answer. <laughs> So Parker Brothers sold it in 1966, or he had it, had it in 66. They sold it to Hasbro in 91, and Hasbro's had it ever since, and they're still making Ouija boards. Um, 
you know, we said the Canard Novelty Company wanted, wanted to make some money, and they did. This thing, from the time they put it out, it took off. It boomed. Even during the Great Depression, when, you know, nothing was working, people had Ouija boards. From the 20s to the 60s is when this thing was the most popular. Uh, there was a bunch of famous people that claimed that they've used a Ouija board to create some of their memorable works, some of which is Sylvia Plath, who wrote Dialogue. That's actually a book, not just, you know, talk back and forth. <laughs> she just writes, hey, how are you today? Hell yeah. But she wrote Dialogue in 1957. Uh, she said she wrote it over the whole thing, that she just would ask its questions and it would come up. Um, Wait, she would ask the Ouija board questions? Yeah, she would and ask the, the, and the And she said it say? basically just talked straight through her and she just wrote down what it told her. Oh, golly. Yep. And um, she wrote a poem later about the whole thing. And then uh, after Eastern Airlines Flight 401 crashed into Everglades in 72, John Fuller wrote a book called The Ghost of Flight 401 because everybody was seeing the ghosts and what have you from this. They, they think what happened was uh, there was some of the parts of the plane that was salvageable. Uh-huh. And they used it in the only other plane oh. that was the same type. So if they could use it, they reused it. And I think that's what caused the ghost to start appearing like on this other plane. Oh, and, wow. That's creepy. But supposedly this guy who wrote a book about it, he used a, a medium and a Ouija board to contact the spirits to write his book. Mm-hmm. And then you had um, uh, James Merrill. He was a, a Pulitzer Prize winner uh, poet. He wrote uh, the, the Changing Light at Sandover in 1982. It's a 560-page book. So wow. that's a, it's a huge book. Luigi cl- must have had a lot to say. Yep. He claims that uh, he used that, and, and even the Archangel Michael helped him write that book. Here's one for you. Here's a fun one. Let's tie some music to it. Alice Cooper claims that he got his stage name from using a Ouija board. Really? He says he consulted the board, which told him he was the reincarnation of a 17th-century witch named Alice Cooper. He adopted the name of his own, and there you go. No kidding. Yep. You know what Alice Cooper's real name is? What? Vincent Fernier. I don't think it would have been near, no, as, that's not cool. near as popular. No. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, I thought this one was kind of cool. In 1917, uh, Emily Grant Hutchins wrote a book called Jap Heron, and she says that she was used the Ouija board, and Mark Twain actually gave her this book. What? He actually, Mark Twain was the one talking to her. Man, that would be kind of cool, don't you think? I mean, you would think if that's actually the truth. But I mean, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's a bunch more uh, things like that that happen. Um, another music there's a band called the Mars Volta. They said they wrote an entire album around the Ouija board. So just a session with them, just gave them all the songs. So I mean, whether you believe it, whether you don't believe it, there's obviously some cool stuff. Yeah, sounds like that, you know going on with the Ouija board stuff. That would have been helpful in um, school. Yeah. <laughs> we had to write these big essays or our own history or something. And yeah, but I'm pretty sure though, if you had that out on your desk, the teacher would know you was cheating. Well, I wouldn't have it out on my desk. That's like one time I was copying a paper from another student, and uh, I got caught like that. I think the copy machine is she heard the sound of the copy machine is what gave it away. Well, you're dumb. Uh, probably. <laughs> she told me I was going to, have to repeat fifth grade. I'm like, I don't know if I could do it exactly, but I'll you know you I'll give, give it a shot. shot. <laughs> The funny thing was with Ouija board, it was never considered an evil or dangerous thing until 1973. What do you think happened in 1973 to change that? I guess a spirit came out and said, hey. Well, that spirit would be uh, William Peter Blatty when he wrote The Exorcist. William Peter Blatty. (laughs) What kind of a name is that? (laughs) (laughs) William Peter Blatty. Oh, no, I'm going to make a song about it now. I'll sing it to y'all next time. Yeah. You got that to look forward to. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
but no, The Exorcist came out. And once oh, that came know. out in 73, the spiritualist movement kind of started dying in the 60s. So mm-hmm. I think the Ouija board thing kind of went down. I mean, I'll be well honest. I think they Parker Brothers back then, uh, or I guess, yeah, it was still Parker Brothers back then. I'm sure they were pretty happy when that movie came out. I don't know if that hurt them or if that helped them. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if... I mean, I can see it maybe helping them for sales, but I would think there'd be a lot of protesters be like, get that dang game yeah, off so the I'm, shelf. I mean, I don't know. It'd been interesting. I should have probably tried to look that up to see if sales plummeted or actually increased because of that. Now, the the we've talked a little bit about Zozo before, which is a demon. Remember we talked about Jimmy Page using mm-hmm. his, his uh, logo, Zozo, yeah. which is not exactly the same, but similar. Now, some people say that that is an astrological sign for Saturn, uh, which is uh, his, you know, Saturn is, uh, he's a, what is, which one's Saturn? Is it Sagittarius or, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm a crab. That's all I know. I can vouch for that on several occasions. Oh, what are you? Leo. Oh. Last day of Leo. So I'm a lion, just barely. So you're barely a lion? <laughs> I'm a, just a kitten. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> Anyways, so let's get let's get back on Sorry. Zozo Demon. But first, a quick break from our sponsor. Well, a lot of people claim to have had uh, problems with the main demon coming from being Zozo. Some say it's an ancient force from hell. Some say it's just, you know, satanic. Some people say it's a shapeshifter that can turn into a raven. Um, it, it really started becoming popular in 2009. Why? Because a guy named Darren Evans from Oklahoma, he posted on one of these true ghost stories type websites that he had all these experiences dating back from the 80s. He, you know, he says, for example, that he went on the on the Ouija board and he asked where paradise was and it spelled out hell. What? That's what he says. Liar. He also says that his daughter had two near death experiences where she almost drowned in a bathtub and then had another situation where she had some kind of a. Uh, infection and she was in a hospital for like almost two weeks mm-hmm. and he blames both of those on that he says it all had to do with this demon mm-hmm. so he started a website he was claiming to be some zozo demonologist or you know some kind of expert on it i'm sorry i just can't take the word zozo seriously Serious. i mean that's not devil like well some people say just by saying his name you can bring it on so we'll see how serious you take it oh okay i'll say it again <laughs> So he, he started that website, then he was contacted by a place called One World Studios. Uh, they wanted to use his experiences to make a movie, and they did. It was called I Am Zoso, and it was in 2012. In 2014, Ghost Adventures came out there. And at, at that point in time, Zach and them was asking him these questions. It was at his ranch out in Oklahoma. And he started kind of changing some story a little bit. He first says now that his daughter went blind for like an hour. The Zoso made that happen. Um, then in 2016, he starts writing a book, uh, called the Zoso Phenomenon. Now, the funny thing about the book, he does an interview right before the book comes out. And he says that he found a Ouija board out underneath of his girlfriend's house. I don't know what he's doing underneath there, but he found a Ouija board, but where it said Ouija on the original board, it said Zoso. What? Yeah. Then the book comes out. He says when the book comes out, he changes the story. He says that it says Ouija, but on the back, like carved in it, it had Zozo, and it had the same logo as like the Jimmy Page logo. It's the same type of Z and all that, just written in that same same way. 
so this guy's changed his story numerous times. Now, when Zach and him was out there, he didn't mention anything about the Ouija board. He's never had a picture of it. Matter yeah. of fact, in the book, he's got a drawing that he drew that shows the front and it shows the back of what it was designed to be. So it sounds like this guy's just a compulsive liar. Yeah, I'll say Fool better get his story straight. So people are saying, well, this Zoso phenomenon is, is fake. It's, it's you know, because there really is no, if you look on the internet and start looking at Google search, there was no searching for this until 2009. Before that, nobody ever searched it. I mean, literally nobody. That, isn't that insane? Yeah, but there's people saying that they've had it. And, and the, the Zozo was first mentioned in a, in a book, a French dictionary called Dictionnaire Inferno in 1818. There was a girl that she was going to claim she was possessed. Not really possessed. Well, she said she was possessed by three demons, one of which was Zozo. Mm-hmm. That's the first mention of Zozo, and that was in 1818. But this book makes it sound like that she said that, but there was no actual Zozo. She was pretending the whole time, and she ended up getting beat out in public, like well, a duh. like a public caning or something for pretending to be possessed. But why would you even do that? I mean, I don't think how she, could she think anything good was going to come of that. Attention whore. Oh well. I mean, she's an attention whore. I wouldn't say an attention whore. I wouldn't say it like <laughs> I was calling you a whore. Well, I didn't. I didn't want you to take it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it would be fun to do this. I thought, since most people have probably never played with a Ouija board, I wanted to actually tell the rules and everything you're supposed to do with a Ouija board. But nobody do it. Yeah, nobody do it unless you just want to. Now, I'll be honest. Most of the stuff we talk about, I'm not going to say I believe or don't believe. I'm just going to say I present to you what I find in my research, and I'll let you make your own decisions. So if I say, oh, Led Zeppelin did this and Led Zeppelin did that, I don't necessarily 100% always buy into it. I mean, I'm going to listen to Led Zeppelin regardless of what this or what that was said. I mean, it's just the way I am. Uh, Some of this stuff I find hard to believe, and some of it I just find really interesting. So, you know, don't think that everything we talk about here is 100% buy-in. But I will tell you this. I do 100% believe you are not supposed to play with a Ouija board. Mm -hmm. I've had experiences in my past. I'm not going to discuss them. That's one of the few things that I don't discuss because I just don't like discussing it. It's because he's bald. That's why he's bald. (laughs) But I can tell you it's something that I did. The last time I did it, I was about 17 years old, had some bad experiences, two bad experiences, and I will never do it again. So... That goes back, I'm 48 now, so that's 31 years ago, and I still won't get around one. I won't be in, if there's a Ouija board in the house and somebody's going to play it and I'm anywhere near, I will leave. So, yeah, that's, you have to tell me that. Will you tell yeah. me? No, it's private. Oh. What do you mean? I mean, if I'm not going to tell them that, why would I tell you? I don't know, but now I'm going to bug you about it. <laughs> so let's do this. Let's pretend that everybody's got their Ouija board, so everybody hold hands. Now sing Kumbaya. That's not part of it. I made that up. <laughs> Thank so, God. Here's what here's what you, here's the actual rules and what you're supposed to do to have an effective session. First of all, you never make fun of the game. You don't make fun of you don't you don't be sarcastic about it, you don't doubt it. This You'll you can say, you yeah. can look at it as a game yeah. and it's sold as a game. This is not a game. Some people will tell you that this thing if you use it the right way is a very good tool and have never had a bad experience. Then there's other people that will tell you, and we're going to discuss one of those after this, that will tell you it is a horrible thing and you should never do it. So if it's saying something to you and you're like, bitch, please, like you don't believe it. Yeah, that's a bad thing. 
That's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. Okay. You always, okay. So let's cover the rules. The first thing you want to do is have an open mind. Oh, yeah. You have to have an open mind. You also need to have good intentions. So you're not looking to put a curse on somebody or find out something bad or you're using this for just knowledge. No secrecy. What do you mean? I mean, that, that if me and you are sitting down at the board and I'm going to ask a question about something, it needs to be something I've openly discussed with you beforehand. Oh. I need to say, hey, I'm going to ask Aunt Jill, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, okay. my, my inheritance or, or my life or yeah. what's going to happen. It, it just basically means I can't be, if I'm trying to hide something right. and, and you don't know about it, we're not going to get the same, same effect. effect. We need yeah. the, the double power on it. You need to make sure the people that you're with are trustworthy. You don't want anybody that's going to secretly try to move the planchette around or what have you or force it to go to one. You want to know that everybody is in there for the same reason. So sit there, everybody concentrate on what you want, and you go from there. If you can, get your board blessed by a priest. That'll help keep evil spirits from coming through. And priests will do that. They don't like to because they don't like Ouija's. Most priests, Catholic priests, will tell you to stay away from it. It's not a good thing. But if you get it blessed, even if it's through like a witch doctor or something. I don't <laughs> I don't know of any of those, but my friend Alvin and Simon and Theodore can point you. Uh, <laughs> you remember that song? I do. Witch doctor, you know me what to do. He said, ding, 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 dong. Yeah, I think it went a little different than that, but it was close. It was close. I'll give you an A for effort. It was a lot better than you did on the Beatle music. Oh. Um Never play with one person. That's probably the biggest rule that I'll tell you. One person, you're setting yourself up for a problem. Why? Because two people can control what happens. It's just like anything else. One-on-one spirits can overtake you, and you don't have that backup. Two people, you have the the power of mind control of two people. And let's say something was to try to take over, you got somebody there that's got your back that can kind of oh. jump in. When yeah, you're I don't by think your, I'd really want to do it by myself. Yeah. When you're by yourself, you have no control over that. Now, the setting needs to be at a place you're comfortable with. You want to kind of, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to go to a graveyard or something if you feel creeped out and do it. I mean, if you're completely at home at a graveyard and that doesn't bother you, but if you feel kind of creeped out, you don't want to do it. If you're over somebody's house you're not 100% comfortable with, don't participate. You want to kind of just do it in the surroundings that's calm and peaceful to you. Okay. So um, you, you you get your table out. You put the board in the center of where everybody is. Now, there's no limit as to how many people you can have. You can have as little as two. And you can have as many as, you know, can hands can, that can fit on the planchard. But you want to make it comfortable. I'm, I've seen up to six, seven people do it. Um, usually it's three or four people to get a, a good comfort zone. You like I said, put the put it in the middle of, the, of whoever's going to be doing it, and then put a candle. It can be a cheap candle. I wouldn't suggest like these big tapered candles, but like a tea light or a small, uh, what do you call those little candles? Votives. Mm-hmm. Put one of those beside each side of it, uh, not from top to bottom, but just on mm-hmm. the side. That'll help give you a little bit of light. You also want to have a candle sitting behind whoever is participating. Each person? Each or? person. Oh, okay. You want, to have, you want to have the board blocked in. Like, even if it's just two of you, you still want to put two candles out, two behind you, one you know, one of each behind you and the other person, and then two where two people would be to make a square. 
to have the board kind of trapped in. Mm-hmm. It'll help provide light, but it also mm-hmm. uh, it helps the spirit situation. What about salt? Well, if these demons or what have you have high blood pressure, that could really be deadly to them. So <laughs> I wouldn't. Okay. I, wouldn't I thought recommend. I saw that somewhere where if you sprinkle salt around the area, that's supposed to keep demons out too. Well, I'm sure that's probably the case because uh, salt is used in a lot of rituals. To, oh, okay. for, so that's probably is the case. I just didn't see that in mind. Uh, research. Now we're going to turn off all the lights, all the electricity, especially cell phones. Cell phones have a tendency to interfere uh, because spirits and demons, what have you, either one are going to be electric uh, magnet, magnetic, you know, activity. Mm-hmm. And cell phones tend to mess with that. Just that's the same reason your cell phones don't work good in the hospital because it interferes with the merchandise. Everyone needs to clear their mind, and then everybody needs to chant. Ouija, are you there? You know, the first time I, I heard it, I was thinking it was like George Jefferson. Ouija! Because <laughs> I thought that's what he used to call his wife. Because I thought her name, when I watched that back in the day, I thought her name was Ouija. And it took me forever oh to realize gosh. that her name was Wheezy. Oh, my goodness. I mean, who the hell, why would you call your wife Wheezy? I mean, if she's like a real bad asthmatic or something. <laughs> but you... <laughs> <laughs> it just don't seem normal to just call somebody wheezy. That don't sound like comforting. Anyway, so you you all sit around and you chant, Ouija, are you there? Eventually, the planchette should move on its own to the yes. Now the board's open and you can start asking questions. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk to somebody specific, you have to say that up front you know i'm looking for aunt jill i'm looking for uncle tommy Mm -hmm. um if not there's no telling so you get now when you start getting answers the first thing you need to do is you need to say are you a good spirit now on the left of the ouija board at the top you have a sun on the top right you have a uh, moon now the sun is yes the moon is no if it goes to the sun, you've got a good spirit. If it goes to the moon, it's not a good spirit. So so can you, like if you don't specify who you want to come forward, can then a bunch of spirits just come forward? Well, they can. And the problem with that is you don't know who you're getting at first. So you need to make sure you're getting the one you want to speak to, and you need to make sure you're getting a good one. Because if you're not looking for anybody specific, yeah, you could get, get anybody of... come through, but you're not going to have more than come through the, at once. One's yeah. going to come through. Oh. And then if you don't like the one you got, like if, if it says it's a bad one, then you need to say goodbye until the planchette goes to the goodbye at the very bottom of the screen. That's how you close out the board. Get out of here. Yep. So, so you what if they get, don't want to go? They'll go if you keep saying goodbye. So they don't have that power. Bye, to Felicia. Jail. Sue. That's what it should say at the bottom. Goodbye, Felicia. <laughs> well, Ninja has some strong thoughts on this. Unfortunately, he's on next week's show, so he can't. He has to save his voice. <laughs> the other thing is, when you get through, be respectful to whatever spirit you're talking to. Right. Um, ask questions. Get your answers. When you're done, you want to thank the spirit, and then you need to say goodbye. Once is probably enough, but you'll notice the planchette move to the goodbye, and the board is closed. You never, ever play this game without closing the board. 
You don't close the board. Whatever you let through can stay through. Mm, is that what happened to you? That's not what happened to me. No. Okay. But I appreciate your trying to find out, even though we said we weren't going to talk about it. I know, but now I'm so curious. <laughs> you know, I got to know this. If only you were back curious. Oh, wow. Well, that would be hot. Anyways. Get back on the subject, yo. So you got to close the boards out. That's that's probably the most important thing. Close it out because anything that comes through can stay through. And we don't want to do that. Like it can stay through forever? It can stay through. It can cause all kinds of havoc. If anybody's seen the movie um, Ouija Board, all those Ouija Board movies, that's what some of that stuff is really based on. It's based on spirits that come through and they stay through. Um, you know, that... that it's been accounted in history, um, this type of history. I mean, not, it's not like in the history books, but there's been several cases where people have summoned something and they don't close it. We talked about it with Aleister Crowley. He mm-hmm. summoned the demons, even though it wasn't a, a Ouija board. He summoned the demons and he didn't close out the spell. And, and you know, it basically... Oh, that's still stupid. That's what he gets. Yeah, well, that story just irks me. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying, how you got to do all that work for six months and then take off and leave. And... Yeah, but he only did it for a couple months. He didn't do the whole six well, months. Well, he's dumb. That's what he gets. Now, I told you I was going to read y'all a story uh, that a listener said, and Nadia sent this in, and I thought this was this was pretty candid on her, and, and I'm glad she did it. And, and I asked her if I could read it on the air, and she said, sure, because hopefully it would stop somebody from playing with a Ouija board. Mm. Now, she says she's got several stories, but I'll tell you one, the one that made me stop using it. I was already married with one child, but I had questions, and the board always used to give me great answers. This time, though, it told me I was soon going to be with child, and it would be a boy. But then it started moving more aggressively, and it said the child would be mine, as if the spirit was saying it was going to be his child. She said, I got scared. I stopped playing. Just a couple of weeks later, I found out that I was pregnant. I was completely scared that this spirit or demon would come after my child. I ended up losing the baby at 12 weeks at the clinic where I was seen because I was bleeding badly. The doctor had referred me here. They told me I would have had a boy. I don't know if that is what was meant by he would be mine or something else, but I never played again. Oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry. So we, I appreciate Nadia sharing that story because yeah. I know that's probably a difficult story to tell. Yeah, that's awful. But, you know, it's like I said, everybody's got their opinion. I know plenty of people that think it's a game and thinks it's harmless. And I know plenty of people. Uh, there was a guy I went to school with. His name was Andy. And he would not. This was this was high school. And the first time I ever actually participated in this was a New Year's Eve party. And it was with an ex-girlfriend of mine and, and this guy, Andy, who lived in the neighborhood, he came to the party. And as soon as he found out there was a Ouija board, he left. Just said, it's it's trouble. It's bad news. I could tell you some stuff. And he just left. So I never found out what the story was. But, you know, I found out later my own problems with it. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a strange thing. It's a strange case to deal with. I don't advise anybody to play with them. Uh, a lot of a lot of really religious people will tell you not to play with them because you really never know who you're talking to. You can think it's Aunt Betty or Uncle Steve, and in reality, it could be you Aunt know Aunt Steve. It could and be Uncle Aunt Betty. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but, that was funny, right? Yeah, nothing like transgendered uh, spirits. Thanks. But you know, it, it, it 
these things like to play tricks on you. They like to say that they're a relative to gain your trust and it can be anybody. Uh, they're just wanting in. Man, that is so creepy. I mean, I guess, I mean, I've always heard of the Ouija board and and never even really thought about it that much. But when you start telling me all this stuff, that's, I don't know. That's freaky. Like, like I said, I just I, like I can't believe they still have them on the shelves. They still sell them. What's well, like I said? Yeah, they're, I mean they're still making them to this day. So it's just it's amazing that uh, I don't know. It's just it's a scary subject for me. I, it's it's one I really don't like talking about. But you know we got an obligation if people want to hear about it. And we've had several listeners say they want to hear about it. So mm-hmm. I'll stick to Monopoly. Yeah, just saying or Shoes and Ladder. Yeah, that's the only way we're ever going to own a hotel. Oh, well you don't have faith. I have faith I'm not buying a hotel. <laughs> I don't want to buy no hotel. I mean, those things are green anyway. Who the hell has a green, green hotel? hotel? No, wait a minute. Is the hotel green or red? The houses were green, right? Oh, I don't even know. I really don't even pay Monopoly that much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, guys, we appreciate you listening. This has been uh, the little bit that we got on this. Next week, you're in for a treat. Woo-hoo! Because we're doing our third episode of Rock and Roll in the Occult. Yes. I got some fun stuff for you. Isn't I, Ricky here that time? Ricky is going to be here, so to be all three of us. Oh my gosh. It'll be kind of fun. And like I said, everybody keeps asking when we're going to do more music ones. And uh, like I said, we've got more coming up. I'll spread them out. But we'll probably try to do like one a month, something like mm-hmm. that. I would love that because, man, I have been finding out so much good stuff. And now every time I hear these songs we talk about, that's all I can think about. Some of these acts that you think are like some of the most wholesome, there's no way anything could ever happen. Um, you'd be surprised, like I said, it, not necessarily that I believe everything, but these things are out there. And a lot of these come from actual interviews. I mean, I'll share something with you that, um, will surprise a lot of people. How many people out there obviously have heard George Harrison's song, My Sweet Lord? Yeah, I love it. Well, I mean, My Sweet Lord, what would you think it's about? You would think, obviously, it's about My Sweet Lord. In an interview George did, uh, and I've actually heard this interview, and I don't have it word for word down, but if you remember the song, you know, he's in the background, it's My Sweet Lord, and then it starts off with Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, eventually that turn changes to Hare Krishna. Oh, yeah, it does. And George Harrison actually said that that was the intention. He said, see, you get them going, you get them listening to this, and then you switch it over, and by that time, they're already invested in the song, and they listen. Well, Hare Krishna is not a good thing. Hare Krishna is more of an evil uh, type situation. It's used over in like uh, the Hindus and, and what have you use it. But Hare Krishna is not an, a uh, a God type thing. It's more of an evil type thing. And that song switches from Hallelujah to Hare Krishna. And George Harrison openly says that was the intention, was to get you listening one way and switch it. I don't like that. So we'll get it when we go into, it won't be on next week's show, but when we do some of our Beatles stuff, which sadly, I'm the biggest Beatles fan there is, and there's still stuff out there. I'm going to tie some stuff with the Stones and the Beatles uh, to Aleister Crowley, and I think you're going to be surprised at some of this stuff. And like I said last week, we're going to do a whole episode on Elvis that's going to blow people away. Look, just don't ever tell me anything bad about Andy Griffith, or it's over. Don't Man, ever. I have to tell you this. You don't ever tell me that. Opie was a huge Antoine LaVey follower. So he was... Uh, and I heard that he, in in secret, he was giving it to Ampy. Oh, stop I don't it. know that that's true. Yeah, you're sick. <laughs> I might have made that up. I think you did. You're sicko. So anyways, guys, we thank you so much for listening. Once again, follow us on Twitter. It's Hillbilly Horror. And please go to our YouTube page, Hillbilly Horror Story, and watch our video we just put out. 
It's called uh, what was it? Seven Bridge or Seven Gates of Hell? Mm-hmm. But it's uh, every Wednesday night we're going to put this out. So go subscri- subscribe to the YouTube page, and uh, you'll see when it comes out. But it's uh, for shorts and giggles. Yeah, shorts and giggles. Yep. So see, I said it right that time. She did. Guys, we love you, and like I said, this has been another great week for us. You guys keep making it happen, and uh, we'll keep trying our best to put out the best shows for us. Join us next week. Like I said, Rock and Roll in the Occult Part 3, and it's going to be a secret to who we have on the show. But uh, I think you'll like all the things that we discuss on I'm that excited. One. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. Adios, amigo, because we got a couple of Hispanic listeners now, uh, like Richie. Ricky didn't think we would, but uh, I've heard from them now, so I know they exist. Uno, dos, tres. That's, that's all I know. Yeah, that's the extent. That, oh, wait. Hola, como esta? Okay. What does that mean, though? That means, hi, how are you? Uh, I know that. Awesome. Well, we can at least introduce ourselves if we go to Mexico. <laughs> that's probably about <laughs> it. But we appreciate everybody listening. Again, you guys have a wonderful work week, and we'll talk to you guys later. Later, guys.